wow, God is here. And, and you know, uh, I want the ushers to hand out these little um, pieces of paper I promised you I would give you. We're going to have communion today, so I don't have a giant sermon to preach. But, you know, communion is a special part of your relationship with Jesus. All these songs are about really loving God. And that's God didn't want us to become religious or good. He wanted us to love him. He wanted us to connect. They're going to hold, throw one of those, don't throw one, but hand me one of those cards. So I can have a look at it. All right, thank you. It's called the VIP list. You know, very first, we very first started church, we started these little VIP lists. VIP stands for very important person. And if you look, that is in a duplicate. So it has a, it has another layer under it. And these are going to be people that you, now you're going to write down people that you believe in the next 30 days God is going to touch their lives. Right? Because we're going to be praying. I'm going to ask you to join me. We're going to pray for 30 days, three times a day. So how can we come up with that? Well, that's what Daniel did. There was a death um, sentence on, on his countrymen. And he prayed 30, 30 days, three times a day. He prayed in the morning. He prayed in the, at lunchtime. He prayed for breakfast, we could say. And he prayed for lunch. And he prayed for supper. So... When you, we're going to pray for these people. Let me just tell you how to do it because uh, I'll give you the words. Because I know you say your blessings over your food. Some of you say a quick, like, Lord, bless my food. Some of you have a big prayer, you say. But throw this in there. When, before you eat your breakfast, just say, Lord, I want to pray for all those who are in the prayer of three. We'll call it the prayer of three. Okay? All those who are in the prayer of three with us, we just pray that you touch their lives, that you draw them to Jesus. So it's, you know, sometimes it's just knowing how to say it. So don't be nervous about it. Just pray. Just, you don't have to say a long prayer. Just when you, when you have lunch, just say, Lord, thank you for this food. And Lord, we remember all those who are in the prayer of three, that you will touch their life, that you will draw them to Jesus. And um, at the end of February, we're going to have a service on the 23rd. It's going to be called the party. So we're going to have like a mostly music, like, da-da, oh, wait, like uh, Okay, here we go. One second. Yahoo! 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 Try it with me, come on. Celebrate Jesus, come on! So that's what I'm talking about. We're going to have one of those. <laughs> we're going to have one of those kind of parties. So it'll be a party, and we're going to have jambalaya and food. And uh, it's about, the, the, we'll do a, a special service about the prodigal son, how much God loved him, and how much the father loved him, and how his life was when he was away from the father, and then when he came home, God threw a party. So we're going to do a, a, a service called the party. How many already party? Huh? There ain't no party like a what? So we'll have a genuine, uh, bona fide Holy Ghost party that day. Because how many know Louisiana people like to party? So we'll have a Holy Spirit party that day. And so we want you to invite your friends on that day. So we're going to pray for 30 days, three times a day for those three people. So let me just give you my advice. I'm preaching, and the Holy Spirit, while I'm preaching, is going to tell you the people who ought to be on that list. And I know there's some people, your regular ones, you know, family members and but, you know, maybe there's somebody that you forgot. So 
while we're uh, finishing the rest of the service today, just if, if the Lord puts somebody on your heart, write their name down. Just write their name. Uh, and, and, and look, I feel like this is from the Holy Spirit for you. Write down someone super unlikely, because those will be the ones that God touched. Like the super unlikely strung out on crack. They don't have to be on crack, but just someone that's just super unlikely. Like, you know, that guy, he just, I just know he ain't coming. Write his name down. Because we, we look, if we can do it, then, then we don't need God. Right? But, but with God, everything's possible. So there's nobody that's so hard that God can't touch them and turn their life around. It's, it's a fact. It's, it's so don't give up on people. I mean, somebody, you know, your family may have hurt you. Maybe they're far from God. Forget about whether you got hurt or not and just get past all that. And, it, and, and, it, and just think about how awesome God is. And if God is truly awesome, let's just lock in on what God could do. And say, well, anything's possible because that's, that's how God does great things. We get beyond what we think can happen and we start dreaming a little bit. So not only are you going to be praying three, 30 days for three times a day for, for these people that God turns their life around, touches them, that they fall in love with Jesus. But that duplicate is when we, do, when we have communion in a moment, we're going to have a basket up here and you're going to drop the little yellow one here. So don't put their last name on it. Don't make comments like, this guy's really bad. <laughs> you don't have to write what their problem is because we don't want everybody to know that. You can just put their first name on there. We're not contacting them. You're contacting them. But that way, when we have prayer times here with the staff or prayer times with the whole church, we're going to have a basket of those people. So we're, we're going to be praying over. I'll be praying for them, especially for them, so that we can just have their name represented in the stack. So... Don't just rush and get through it because we got a few minutes today. So while I'm, uh, if you need someone to write with, just raise your hand. The ushers are ready. You need something to write with? Anybody? If you do, just wave your hands. These guys will help you out. Okay. Aren't you glad God didn't call you to be religious and feel guilty all the time? He called you to the party. And as long as the enemy is there trying to make you feel guilty and shamed, well, then living for God is almost as miserable as living in the world because you're so conscious of uh, how, all your mistakes and how bad you are. And, and Jesus didn't come into the world so that you could figure out, you know, how bad you were. That was the Pharisee's job. Jesus came in the world to save the world. What does that mean? Save you from yourself. And this feeling that you're self-destructing. You know, there's something about mankind that the thing that he knows he shouldn't do, he ends up doing it just for the heck of it. So there's a fallen part of us that was a reality that even when we want to do the right thing, there's something with us saying, no, you can't do it. And religion says, unless you can get it right, don't even come to God. And when you're ready to get everything right, you need to come to God. And that's not really true. You just come to God because you love him. And there's something about his presence that changes you. Guilt doesn't change anybody. I just feel guilty. That doesn't change you. It actually con condemns you to more of the same. Shame. But maybe if I could just shame myself and just, you're a terrible person. Maybe I could shame myself and make myself better. No, you can't. It is true. We become like the people we hang around. So be careful who you choose to hang around because you're becoming just like them. And God wanted you to hang around him. The scripture says, be holy like I'm holy. God said, no, come on, come close to me. You know, you didn't see Jesus like 
telling sinners to get away from him. They wanted, it, was, it was the Pharisees that said, get away from him. But Jesus, they called him, the, I love this title, the friend of sinners. Is anybody happy about that, that title? He was the friend of sinners. They, the Pharisees hated him because he wasn't harsh with people. Like he believed, the Pharisees believed if you're not harsh with people, they won't change. And you got to scare them with the rules. And, and because of that, you know, people stand back and they wonder, you know, look, they, most people are just honest. And they're like, I know me. I don't think I can do it. I don't, I don't think I can change it. I don't think I can be that person. So they, 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 they mentally try to fix it. And then they realize, nah, I can't do it. Uh, but Jesus is different, you know. We, when, we, when we stop all the, the playing defense and we, you know, defending our ground and trying to stay in charge, and then we come to the cross and we understand that this was all, this was just him saying, I love you. And whatever you did, I'm paying for it. And it opens up this door to a life where you can actually be someone different. Now, you may not be mistake free. I don't think you'll ever be mistake free or else you wouldn't need Jesus. You'll come to the point that you're so holy, you know. I've seen some Christians, they're holier than Jesus. It's true. Jesus drank wine. They're like, I don't drink wine. I'm just too good. Jesus drank wine. Well, I'm a little better than Jesus. I'm taking Jesus to another notch here. <laughs> so ridiculous, right? Because what, what makes us, uh, what changes us really is what we were singing about and what you feel in the room is the force of love. And it's not cheesy, you know, fake love. You know, not, not like love for Justin Bieber. I heard someone, heard someone call him Justin Bieber last night. Justin Bieber's going to change the world. I think it's Bieber. Please tell me I'm not saying it wrong. But it's not like, you know, silly kid love. But it's, the, it's a profound. And if you haven't found something worth giving your life away for, you haven't found Jesus yet. You might have found church and you might want to be around God, but you haven't found a real thing. Uh, everybody in this room, you know, many of them got issues. All of them, I think. I know most of them, and some of them got serious issues. I'm teasing. <laughs> I know most of you. But, got, but God doesn't ask us to come without issues. He just says, whoever wants to, come. And when you come to be around them and you're not feeling shame and guilt and all that stuff, there's something about being around Jesus that changes you. Suddenly, you just don't want to do stuff you used to do. And you get so hooked up with the things that you want to do for God that you forget the things that you used to do. And, it, and it, even at that, maybe you don't forget them forever, make you still make mistakes. But listen, there's a, a kind of thinking that comes when you give your life to Christ. There's a kind of renewal that even if you goof up, you just, you don't take it into an account of like, that's me. You're like, I just bumped my knee and I'm just going to get back up and move on. You're like there's nothing you would ever give up for because you've got this love that's connecting you. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ. He's nothing, not your problems, issues, devils, nothing. can. Once you're hooked up, even if you goof up, you just keep moving forward. And I, I want to, this communion time, it's always, it's important. I, I want to read a scripture. It's important that I want to talk to you about a righteous state of mind. Right? You heard that song, New York State of Mind? You didn't? Well, I did. But you've got to have the, when you give your life to Christ, it's a, it's a state of mind. It's not just a state of your heart. It's not just a state of your body and that you do something, do different things, and you, you go different places now. But it's a, it's a way of thinking. The Bible says to renew your mind. 
not just getting your heart renewed, but renewing your mind. And I'm going to read you this one scripture before we receive communion today. 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is the Passion Translation. It says, for God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us. Stop right there for a moment. He made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we who do not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. Let's pray for a second. Father, open up our hearts and our minds so that we can really understand what you're trying to tell us so that we can live a life of peace, not condemnation and guilt and shame, but live a, peace, uh, live a life of joy. Uh, so that what's inside of us, others will see it and want it. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Really, uh, you know, I, I sang all those joyful songs. And I'm talking about a party because, you know, you know how you win your friends to Christ? You know how you win people around you to Christ? It's because you have something that's real. And you're happier. And it's true. And if you don't have that, then other people don't want it. So if you gave your life to Christ and you're all uptight and nervous and guilty and conflicted, well, then you've lost your whole ability to change the world. Your light is not shining. You've got a bushel over your little light. And I, to this morning, when we have communion, I just want you to take that bushel off and start shining again. Right? Right? That's what you need. God just wants to take that bushel off of you. And many times the bushel is, well, I'm not worthy and I make mistakes. And who am I to tell other people? Listen, it is true. If you make yourself miserable guilt and shame, then you don't have anything to share. And you really, you know, you, you, you disqualify yourself because you've made your own self miserable. And who wants a Christianity that makes you miserable all the time that you have to be perfect in order to share? You, you get what I'm saying? So it's important that you don't carry that. I love uh, Romans 8, 1 says, that There is therefore now no condemnation, no judging of guilty to those that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Those who are in Christ, they've learned to avoid ever being condemned or guilty. Because there ain't none of that. There ain't none of that. And you say, well, you need to feel guilty. You know, I, I was raised in church, and, uh, and you know, I know Catholic church, many other churches. Guilt is a big thing. I mean, that's the force of the deal. you got to feel guilty and scared. <laughs> that way you'll do right. But it never really makes people do right. They're just scared. And God never wanted that for us. He wants us to come into this relationship. Are you with me? It says, he that knew no sin became sin for us that, he might, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is a huge statement. And here's, I, I want to tell you before we receive communion, what does his blood do? Everybody say, by his blood. I've been delivered from all the power of the enemy. If you believe it, wave your hand and say, it's true. By the blood of Jesus. I've been delivered from all the power of the enemy. Oh, that's good news, man. Let me give you some more good news. Say, by the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I could just keep going on. But I'm going to just hook up with the scripture here that I just read. Say, by the blood of Jesus, I am righteous. Ah. Oh, we start getting that weird ground now. I'm righteous. All right, let me, let, me, let me push you a little bit further. Say, by the blood of Jesus, I am holy. 
Oh, I'm not holy. I'm not holy, bro. Only God's holy. I'm not holy. No, the Bible says you're holy. The Bible calls you his holy ones, set apart to God. Right now, we start getting that ground where you know something's true, but you don't feel it's true. When I say you're righteous, you are righteous in Jesus. You are righteous before God. When I tell you you're righteous, suddenly a list of all the stuff that you did, creepy stuff, comes up and says, dude, excuse me. Your conscience rises up and says, listen, can you just be honest? Because you're in church. Why are you lying in church saying you're righteous? Don't lie in church. Right? Because we, you know, we want to be honest. And, you know, it's one of the favorite things that people can say, I'm not perfect. Does Just look at someone and say, I'm not perfect. You know, that's a real relief, isn't it? Because <laughs> nobody is. Nobody is. Nobody can fool you. Get around people a while. You know nobody's perfect. Get the most perfect person you know. Hang around them. You're like, dude, they ain't perfect. Uh, surprise, nobody's perfect. And everybody knows that nobody's perfect. But listen, it's not the right state of mind. Because the Bible says you are perfect. That you were made perfect in Christ. You are perfectly. Jesus said, be perfect like I'm perfect. And you're like, perfect? First of all, I don't feel righteous. I don't feel holy. And I don't feel perfect. Because even when the Bible tells you you're righteous, you're like, yes, the Bible says that, but I'm not feeling it. Yes, the righteous tells me I'm holy, but I got to tell the truth. I'm going to knock myself out. I ain't holy. And I'm certainly not perfect. Matter of fact, when people say I'm righteous, when people say I'm holy, and when people say I'm perfect, those are the people who are like, dude, you just lying to yourself. You already know, we call those hypocrites, don't we? People try to pretend they're something that they're not. They try to front to other people that they're this, but they're really not. And that's what makes living for God, this is a state of mind that has to become special. And I have to get to it. Because here's, the, uh, here's God's idea in the gospel. When Jesus gave his blood for your sin. And he brought you in, not just into salvation, but to salvation thinking. So you think saved now. You think holy. You think righteous. You think perfect. You got this. You got a new thinking. Now listen. It is possible to be holy and not feel holy. That's how most Christians are. You're holy because God said you're holy, but you don't feel holy. Well, I'm trying to be holy. I don't know. I think it's good. When you get around the Holy Spirit, you start changing. But if you ever start adding up all your good stuff and thinking that makes you better off with God, you're already on the wrong path. You're better with God because you love him. You're better with God because you're close to him. And you're changing because of your relationship to him. And when you start counting all the good things, and you're bound to make a bad one. Come on, somebody. And it'll throw you right off. And you'll go, zoop, you shoots and ladders. You're right back down to the beginning. You're like, man, i got to try to be righteous again. Like some people won't even come to church. If they sin on Saturday night, like, I ain't going tomorrow. i got to have three weeks of miserable guilt. <laughs> then I can go back to church because I feel like I've got to build up my holiness before I can hear that guy talk. But listen, sinners wanted to, didn't avoid Jesus. Sinners wanted to be around him because when they were around him, they knew that he wasn't condemning them. He wasn't justifying wrong stuff. He wasn't saying they should be doing it. The woman that was caught into adultery, the Pharisee said, see, Moses said you ought to stone her. The law says you ought to kill her. And Jesus, you know, says, well, he draws on the ground and says, well, whoever has the, no sin, 
let them throw the first rock. And they drop their rocks. Because they all know. They all carry something secret, some weakness in their life that they wish they didn't have. Now, I wish God would take away every weakness, but then you wouldn't need him, right? I wish God would take away every fault because then you wouldn't need him. But that's not what the blood of Jesus is. It is to be holy and to feel holy even though you're very well aware that in yourself you're not holy. It's not like you're pretending. It's not like you're faking you're holy. But you, when your mind is renewed, you, you are holy because he says you're holy. You feel holy because he says you're holy. And then you know that even though you're not holy, you're changing. Are you with me? That God, somehow this is an equation that doesn't make sense to anybody but Jesus. That somehow not condemning us changes us. Somehow not making us feel guilty and shame and, and it, making us feel less than. Somehow in the removing of the fear of it, in the forgiveness of it, something is born that changes us. Remember Jesus told that woman, he says, uh, caught in the act of adultery. He said, where are your accusers? She just looked at Jesus. What does it tell you? Jesus saw somebody at their worst moment, and he wasn't condemning her. I mean, the Pharisees knew, man, Jesus ain't going to do it because he's just saying, I mean, he's a good guy, but he wasn't going to have this woman stoned because they just know how he is. I can tell you how he is. I don't care what you do or haven't done. Jesus never gives up on you. Jesus finds the best in you some kind of way. Look, I have children know how exactly how it is because even when they were at their worst, I still saw the best. I understand that how someone can be holy, and maybe they're not holy in their eyes, but in my eyes they are because I've seen them in faith. I've called them what they are not. I've called those things that are not as though they are, and I look at my children with perfect love, and I say, look, they are what God says they are. Are you with me? So it is a great mystery to say, everybody say it when we say, I'm righteous because of the blood of Jesus. And let me tell you something. You're righteous when you get up in the morning. You're righteous before you make a goofy mistake. You're righteous after you make a goofy mistake. And it's his, look, well, why, well, should we repent? Well, you know, see, God is not condemning us, but he will discipline you to get you to say, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that anymore. It's not as if we're just going to forget about mistakes we make because it's, 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 uh, it's right that we're honest before God say, but it's wrong that you get condemned. Are you with me? To get condemned and think that this whole thing with God is about you somehow working out, being perfect, and it's all great. Listen, what changes you is a force that happens. When he told that woman that was caught in the act of adultery, he said, I don't condemn you. Then he said something powerful. Go and sin no more. There is a connection between stop feeling guilty about every little thing and going and sinning no more because something was born at the moment he looked into her eyes and said, I don't condemn you. I don't know if you've ever had. That's a moment of love. When you throw down in front of everybody and everybody's, you condemned to death and everybody's shaming you and there's only one, it's just you and Jesus and you're like, well, I guess this is it and you look at Jesus in the eyes and he said, I don't condemn you. This is a love moment. And love is the power to go and sin no more. Because you stop needing things you thought you used to need. You stop feeling anxious. You stop feeling upset. You stop needing to medicate. You stop needing to feel better. Suddenly you feel better just because Jesus is Jesus. 
Just because he believes in you. Just because he loves you. Everybody say it with me. Say, by the blood of Jesus, I'm holy. By the blood of Jesus, I'm righteous. And by the blood of Jesus, and in his eyes, I'm perfect. I know some of you just, just hurt your feelings. No, it's true. And you, you, can, you can be perfect, and you can feel that you're perfect, and at the same time know that you're not really perfect. Are you with me? Is it true? I mean, you can, because he says, everybody say, if the Lord says I am righteous, then I am. If the Lord says I'm an overcomer, then I am. If the Lord says I'm holy, then I am. Look at somebody say, I am. Who he says he am. So I am. So he said, it is, a, it is a reality that I am. Therefore, I feel that I am, even though I know that I still have to change. Are you with me? Today, before we take communion, you're going to trade. You're going to trade this deception. Here's a deception. God says you're holy, but you don't feel holy. Then you're deceived. God says you're righteous, but you don't feel righteous. Then you're deceived. God says you're perfect. You're formed wonderfully and perfect, but you don't feel perfect. It's possible to feel perfect even knowing that you're not perfect. Are you, are you, are you trying to get... I know this might sound complicated, but this is just the mystery of the grace of God. I don't know if you'll ever really understand it, but I can tell you feeling less than and feeling defeated and feeling dirty and feeling shame, this was not why Jesus came. Jesus came to open up the door and say, I'm going to take you just like you are. And my love is going to change you. If you could change from the outside in, we wouldn't be taking communion inside of us. Right? We'd just rub some on our head. And that would make us holy. But there's something that happens on the inside of us. His love. It's his blood. And it's his word that gets inside of us. And we become aware that we are being transformed. God knew that you had weaknesses. That's why he sent Jesus. And however it's going to work out, it's going to be something simple. You just, the more that you love him, the more the things that shame you are just going to leave your life. Say it one more time. Say, I'm holy. He made me holy. I'm righteous. He made me righteous. I'm perfect. He made me perfect. This is the great mystery. If you believe what he says about you, this is what you call faith. And you are saved by faith. You're not saved by, by doing this or not doing that. You're saved by what you believe. Abraham, God told Abraham he didn't have a single child. God said, Abraham, you're the father of multitudes. And the Bible says Abraham had the nerve to believe God. When every, nothing about him said it was true. But when he believed God, the Bible says, and that audacious faith made him right with God. He had the nerve to believe something that nothing about him said. It made him righteous because he had the nerve to believe the impossible. Say it one more time. Say, Jesus made me holy. 
Jesus made me righteous. Jesus made me perfect. And I am who he says I am. Come on. If you believe that will change your life, just wave your hand. Now listen. Now what we're going to do, we're going to take communion, and that's going to get inside of you. You're not going to receive crackers and, and, and grape juice. You're going to receive Jesus. What is communion? It's, a, it's common union. It's something we all have in common, and it's a common union with Jesus because what's in him gets inside of you. It's not a symbol. It's a miracle. Communion is not a symbol. Communion is a miracle. And you're going to leave here today without a past. You came with a history. You came with a past, but you're going to leave here without a past. You came here maybe with your conscience all cluttered, and you're going to leave here like a brand new creature. You're not going to leave here carrying burdens and shame, and you're not going to remember the past, the things that you did and didn't do. Because this is where it all ends. This is the altar. This is the place where it all stops. This is the place where you draw the line and say, I'm not, it's over now. It's just me and Jesus. All the Pharisees are run out of the room. All the condemnations out of the room. And now you're looking into the eyes of Jesus. And he said, I don't condemn you. Let's do this thing. If you believe that God can do that miracle, that you can leave here changed, just wave your hand at me and just say, Pastor Brad, I believe it. I believe it. If you have enough to believe that God can make you holy, God can make you righteous before you're righteous, God can make you perfect before you're perfect. If you have enough nerve to believe that, just wave your hand and say, I believe it. I don't know what they believe. I can tell you what. I believe that God has the power to, to see me different than I know I am and call me different than I know I am. And I choose to believe what he says. Don't make me preach. And we're gonna, but I don't want you to have juice and crackers. I want you to transform today. Something's going to get inside of you. Something's going to get, it's not on the outside. It's not just in your ears. It's going to get in your heart and in your bloodstream. It's going to get, you're going to become what he says. That's what communion is. I receive it. You don't have to achieve it. You just receive it. So if you don't mind, just stand up with me. And uh, we're going to start with the, and you're going to bring, is there a basket here? There's a basket right here. We're, we're going to need more than one basket, my wife. There's two, there's one right here. So these are the baskets to put your little red, red, uh, your little yellow card in right here. So when you pass by, drop your card there, all right? We're going to move from the, um, starting to, to your left. Go out to your left, starting with the first row. Just come and get the elements, and we're going to take it together today. spoke to me he loves you so much that you are so special to God I don't know why I needed to tell you that but the Lord singled you out to me today and I want her to know how much I love her and how pleased I am with her
Jesus loves you so much. He gave his life for you to save you from yourself. If you have the bread, we're just going to look at this bread as God's word. Jesus is the word that was broken. Now, you know, you have to do bread, you have to receive it. You know, they say you could take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I can tell you the truth, but you don't have to receive it. The truth is all your condemnation has been taken away. You just got to agree with it. All your sins have been forgiven. And in his eyes at the cross, you are made holy. At, at the cross, all your sins are forgiven and your past was erased and he took it and threw it away, and he can't remember it anymore. So today, when you take this bread, you're going to say, I'm receiving the word that all condemnation, shame, and guilt, and fear, and worry is out of my life. Say it out loud. Say, thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is true. Your word is wise. And it's truth. And it has the power to change me. I can't change myself. But I accept your word that I am holy because of Jesus and his blood. I am righteous because he says I am. And I'm perfect because of what his blood did for me. And I'm thanking you, Lord. And today, I renounce religion. I renounce guilt. I renounce shame. I renounce condemnation. I will not feel guilty. I will not live in shame. I will not be deceived. He made me holy. He made me righteous. He made me perfect. And His Holy Spirit is in me. And He's transforming me. And I declare, as I receive His Word, I am who he says I am. I have what he says I have. And I can do what he says I can do. I am loved. I am favored. I am called. I am anointed. I am appointed. And I receive it today. Lord, bless this bread. Let it be in us, your word living in Jesus' name. Bless it now. Let's take it. This bread is getting inside of you, just like his word. You're going to start feeling different. Right now, all that guilt and that self-destructive behavior and self-sabotaging relationships and sabotaging your own life. Right now, all of that is cast down. That's old habits that kept you going in the same old circle. It's broken right now by the anointing. Now let's take the cup and say, thank you, Jesus, for your blood. By the blood of Jesus, I'm delivered from all the power of the devil. By the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. As I walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing me from all sin. By the blood of Jesus, I've been justified. Come on, by the blood of Jesus, I've been sanctified. By the blood of Jesus, I've been made righteous. By the blood of Jesus, I've been made holy. 
by the blood of Jesus, I've been made perfect. Now let's pause one moment because this is what Jesus said. If you're holding someone else to what they did to you, and you're angry and you're bitter and you're not going to forgive them, now listen, that canceled the whole thing. So right now, I want you to just examine yourself before we take it. Just examine yourself. If you've got bitterness and you can't help but talk bad about people because you're so mad, and you're maybe mad at God or other people right now, just to, it doesn't take forever right now. Right now, examine your heart. If you've got bitterness or anger, you're just going to let it go. Say it out loud. Say, thank you, Jesus, for how much you've forgiven me. You don't hold it against me, and you don't remember it. Now I forgive them. Now just say who it is. If it's your dad, your mom, your friend, your aunt, your cousin, your brother, your sister, your wife, I forgive them. Forget, I forgive them right now. Freedom. 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 Every yoke is broken. Freedom. Every addiction broken. Freedom. Freedom. Right now, depression leaves your life. Fear leaves your life. Condemnation leaves your life. Sickness leaves your body. Right now, right now, every yoke is broken. Right now, at that moment that you decided to forgive, the power of God was activated. Father, bless this cup. Thank you for the miracle of the blood of Jesus. Let your blood run through our veins, we pray. Bless it for us now as we receive it. What a great gift. We love you. We worship you for your love for us. Bless it for us as we take it now. In Jesus' name, let's take it.